Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hello and welcome to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens. Uh, crazy weather day, so we went from having four people in studio to just me and my special guest today from the Utah Grizzlies, Lucas Parikh. Hey, how's it going? I know I didn't say it right. That's good. You were just tutoring me on how to say it. <laughs> and uh, you're from, tell me where you grew up. So I grew up in a small city, like 50 minutes up north from Prague. It was a really small city, but I grew up there with my family and my brother. And I could not complain. Like, I was in Prague. Probably every day because that's where I played hockey. Okay. So Prague is gorgeous, and I always love to go back there just to just to see everything always again. And you were telling us like Czech is the second hardest language in Europe to speak and learn. It so is, yeah. For everybody that's listening, and just so you know, like every super Grizzlies fan or Grizzlies super fan is going to listen to this. Here's your chance to tell them how to say your name. So the right way to pronounce it is uh, Lukáš Patík. But we have like a rolling R there, so that's like just super tough to pronounce in general. Yeah, Pajik. Uh, and no. this, this is like the biggest the, difference because so you cannot yeah. roll the R. Right. So the letter you are saying is a Z with something above it, and we are saying R with something above it. Okay. So there's like a slight difference, but like in the pronunciation, you guys will not probably even hear it. But for us, it's like a huge difference. I thought I was being pretty fancy just saying Parik instead of Parik. Yeah, I'm good with Parik, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so basically, you're growing up in the Czech Republic. And like you said, you're 40 minutes drive, so... 15. 50 minutes. 15 minutes up north from Prague. Okay. And are there not rinks right around you, or that's where the better hockey is? That's kind of where the better hockey is. So our city is like only 16,000 people in there. So it's really small, and like the Prague was the... I... I used to play in a city called Kralupi, kind of same distance, but still not as big hockey. And my brother used to play hockey as well, and he kind of still plays. And so I always moved wherever he moved because he was older, so kind of we were had priority on him. So uh, he played in Kralupi first, so I, then I started playing too. Then he moved to Prague, so of course I had to move with him because my mom was driving us everywhere. <laughs> Shout out right. to my mom. So, yeah, yeah. so she was driving us everywhere, and so I moved to Prague as well, and... Uh, I, st- I was there st- until actually I was 15, 16 years old before I signed my contract in different city in, in Czech and I moved away from my parents. How old were you when you did that? I was 16, 15 16, years okay. old. Okay, all right. So it's, uh, you know, I know a little bit about it because I've played with other Czechs and we've, we, yeah. we've talked or whatever, but I don't, I guess I just don't realize all of us have to move away at 14, 15, 16 if we, if, yeah. if, unless you live in a hockey hotbed. But even those guys, like even if you're in Alberta, you got to go wherever. When you're 15, wherever you're going to play juniors or midgets. Yeah, I was just like the way the hockey goes, you know. Yeah. So I was I was happy. It was so we had some offers. We were deciding if to go one hour away or to go five hours away. So of course my parents said one hour away because it's easier <laughs> for them. Yeah. And actually, the first year when I was away, I still had my school back at home, so I had to go every Monday and Friday to school. Oh, geez. so I was driving bus like back and forth like every Monday and Friday. So it was the first year was very tough. 
just for a second year, actually my last year in Czech, I transitioned to different schools so I could just be playing hockey, mostly focus on that, and just be finishing high school at that point. Yeah, that's crazy. So at what point did you decide you're going to make the jump to the U.S.? Because you played in the USHL. I, I played, so my first year was in WHL, and it was right after I got drafted. Oh, really? So I got drafted in 2019 to LA Kings. As an 18-year-old? As an 18-year-old. Okay. And I remember, it was, I remember like it was yesterday, I was at home, and I... And my agent just texted me like, hey, just just hope you have your phone ready. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it was like second start of the third round. And official financial predictions were like, oh, you're going fifth, sixth round. Like, yeah. So, you know, I have, I have time. So I went to sh- – I was watching it. I was like, okay, it's – you know, I at least want to shower before if I somehow came up on the TV. So I went to shower and I was like, start of the third round. And as I'm ending shower, like, my agent just gave me calls like, hey, you've just been drafted to LA Kings. I was like – there's no way it's like third round, like uh-huh. no way I just been drafted. So I ran, Lily just put a just put a towel around me, just ran out of the bathroom <laughs> into the living room, and my my mom, my dad was like, "You are all wet, like get like get back." It's like, no, just <laughs> give me a second. And so like the name popped on the TV. I was like, okay, I just been officially drafted in the first in the third round. That's crazy. That's pretty. I like, I can't even imagine. I like. I dreamed about it. Well, I, I, when I was 18, I wasn't even close to being drafted or ever in my life wasn't close to being drafted, but I just can't even imagine what it's like. And then to go f- way earlier than you thought you were going to go. Had you had discussions with the LA Kings? Had you talked to? I had meeting with, out of the th- I think it's 31 teams in NHL. Yeah. It used to be. Now it's 32. It was 30. Now it's, now 30, it's yeah, 30. Now it's 32. So now it's 30. Yeah. yeah. And I had probably a meeting with 27 of them. Oh, LA, really? LA Kings never were there. Really? I never had meeting with LA Kings. I remember seeing guy with LA Kings jacket in the stands. Yeah. At some point, and probably also at World U18s because that's probably when I got most noticed the most. Yeah. But I've never had meeting with LA Kings, so that was kind of my biggest surprise because, like, uh, Na- I had meeting with Nashville that uh, we I actually met the guy from Nashville when I was coming from back from first World Juniors, and I met him on the airport in Chicago because he was coming to Spokane as well, and I had discussion when he was like, like LA Kings. Took, took you from us like we wanted you uh, i was like okay like is it like and then it's like good back to hear it you know from the people it's like yeah, it's like to know you're wanted i didn't even know like la kings wanted me or at general like nothing um who's your who was your team growing up did you have a favorite nhl team i did not like have specifically nhl team like just players you like focus uh, on yeah. players yeah who? so like in czech it's also like bad time we have eight hours ahead of you guys here so right. it's just tough to watch nhl it's usually one or two in the morning to watch it. And it's like, you know, as as a kid growing up, you have to yeah. be asleep because you're w- waking up to school. Uh, but I used to watch Jonathan Quick a lot with yeah. Brodeur. Uh, oh, cool. So, like, even lo- I like the old, like, of course, Hashak. Like, those <laughs> yeah. are legends. Like, I I love those guys. Also, Henry Lundqvist. Like, yeah. those are legends for me. And yeah. I always loved, like, watching them. So, when then I got to L.A. Uh, because I got drafted and literally... I got called like 11 p.m. like, hey, are you okay to fly at 5 in the morning? Wow. The very next day. I was like, it doesn't look like, gonna, I will not say no. Like, right. It's like I have a choice. So, yeah, of yeah. course, I, I will say yes. So, I like packed up my stuff. I slept probably like one hour. I got to LA Kings. And like, you know, we didn't, we didn't practice with the NHL guys, but they were there because they were getting ready. And like I saw them and I saw Quickie. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. And, and to watch him, like – I've been a Quick fan for years, and I remember uh, it was uh, Quick and uh, not Bernier. Was it Bernier? I'm trying to think of who the other. But the Kings had a had a point where they had two goalies. They're like, which one are we going to go with? Which one are we going to go with? And I was watching, it and I was like, man, there you are. They seem pretty even. And then when Quick got that fire and kind of revolutionized the RVH and all that stuff, because he's the one that brought that into the NHL and, the, and that quick poke check from around the net, some of the stuff that he brought, and then being super aggressive as a goalie. Because forever, as as a goalie for like my generation, um, which you know is thirty generations ago, but like like Marty Broder, uh, we're about the same age. Patrick Waugh is a little bit older than me, but those guys were like, okay, they maybe were a little more aggressive with the butterfly, but they were still like, all right, you. Always let the you make the shooter make the first move, and you know you're just retreating with them, but you don't commit till they make the first move. And Jonathan Quick's like, "No, nah, I'm just going to be super aggressive, and I may make the first two moves and make the shooter change what he was going to do." I remember watching an interview with him, and he's like, "Like I'm better than 
quick, quick, this is Jonathan Quick saying, I'm better than that guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna decide what he does. Yeah. And I was like, man, goalies have never talked about that stuff. So to be there with him as you're 18 years old and you're watching Jonathan Quick and they just won the cup, right? Yeah. Uh, no. What it year? Was, it was 2019. Okay. So all right. All right. That was 2012. They yeah. won the last cup. Yeah. 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 I believe so. Okay. So, but you're still seeing Stanley Cup champions on yeah. the ice and then did you get to go through the rookie tournament is that where they flew I out went, there yeah i went for the for the so so we had the first campus in summer that was just development camp then we flew back then i joined my team in wh because during the camp i actually got drafted whl because it's a little bit different for us guys we have import draft after nhl draft oh. so during the time i was in uh, on on la kings camp i got drafted whl so after that i flew back home then in August, I believe it was like 14th, something like that, because I, I had to fill it up everywhere always. Right, yeah. So I joined uh, Spokane Chiefs for for the first camp, and then I fly to LA Kings for the Rocky tournament. Yeah. And actually, there was one guy that grew to my heart the, probably the most out of the old guys, and it was Jeff Carter that is currently in Pittsburgh Penguins because yeah. – on the first game and on the second game, he was still there, and he was the guy that actually helped me to kind of took care of me, like just oh. to show me around, like talk to me, like it made me so, felt so welcome in there. Yeah, like yeah, it was just unreal. Just you know, like you're just talking to these big guys, like never met them, but like they really took care of me and that helped me a lot. I've heard that a lot about him. I got to meet him at Trevor Lewis's Stanley Cup party a couple times, and he always seemed like a pretty down-to-earth guy. A lot of those guys, even Dowdy, who just seems crazy most of the time. Yes. Like, one-on-one, he's a very down-to-earth, very personable, very caring person. Yeah. Um, that, that's just an amazing ride you're going on so far. So, uh, Spokane, had you even heard, did you know about the WHL? Did you plan on playing major juniors? or? So, so we knew. So, my decision after, before the draft was like, okay, we are going to CHL. We don't know what league, yeah. but we are going to CHL. So, it's kind of different for import guys because you want a specific team to draft you and you don't want any other team before them to draft you. So it's usually from the worst team going to the best team. So the worst team from the seasons are going first and the best team that won the whole CHL are going the very last. Right. So you're trying to technically go at the last of the first round because it's only two rounds. So you're trying to go at the last place or, or the very last positions. So the way it works, you're trying to tell some teams like okay we don't want to go to chl so they don't draft you oh, okay and you're just talking to some teams like okay he actually wants to go to chl but we need to play it some way <laughs> yeah a little bit so, of a smoke screen yeah so we had two teams one of them uh they did a trade so they got actually jacob ingham from mississauga and they he went to ohl to uh rangers i don't know their kitchener kitchener yeah. rangers yep. so that was our first choice and then our choice was spokane and I was happy with Spokane because I heard better things about WH. It's more compact game than OHL. Yeah. I would hear, I more would say, physical. Yeah. more physical, more. Uh, I would say it gets you more prepared for the NHL. Okay. It is also for goalies because there's a lot of defense. I would say at some points in OHL, sometimes there is no defense, but it's just <laughs> yeah. my opinion. I yeah. never played there, so I cannot tell. Well, and that's well, yeah. Notoriously, that's what it is. A lot of the skill guys come out of the O, and a lot of the tougher guys and <clears throat> better goalies come out of the Dub. Yeah, so that's just what I heard. So I heard about Spokane. Then when I got drafted, I was super happy because that was also Jared Anderson Dolan back in the day. Uh, that he actually was one of the first guys that congratulated me to being drafted to Spokane. So I talked talk with him a little bit because he was there the previous year. And the year I came there, he was already part of LA Kings. So he kind of described me how it works there and told me some things about it that helped me a lot. So I kind of was coming into, into Spokane already knowing some stuff. But it's like, okay, it's my first time actually being away from family, actually being overseas. So it's everything was new, you know. Like also for me, English was is not primary language. Right. I have Czech, that's my primary language. And like we somehow study English at schools, but it will never teach you how to speak fluently. Like they will give you vocabulary and when to use what tenses and stuff, like whatever. It will never teach you how to speak fluently. So like luckily uh show friends helped me <laughs> insanely. Yeah. You're, and like not a person, you're not the first person I've heard that from, too. Yeah, A lot of people are asking, why friends? There's everyday conversations. Yeah. Like, there's everyday questions that are being asked, like, you're usually on a daily basis. So you'll learn it. Like, you're watching it. So usually you start with your own language and just having English subtitles. Then you switch to having listening to it in English and having the subtitles. Then you just turn up the subtitles. Like, that's usually how it goes. Wow. 
I would say you can. Friends is Rosetta Stone. I, I would actually say yeah. you can learn any language out of it yeah. because the Friends are probably one of the actually best shows that you can actually watch. So I was coming to the USA. I was like, okay, knowing a little bit of an English, but I was like, okay, I need to be talking with people. So I learned how to speak fluently and stuff. So like, kind of get more comfortable. So literally, the first moment I arrived, uh, his name was. We called him Catfish. It was our equipment manager. He picked me up at the airport. He drove me to the arena, and I already met up with head coaches and owners. And I was like, okay, this is like – so I was talking with them. They're like, we're happy you're actually talking. Like a lot of guys that come from Europe, they're super quiet. They don't want to talk because <laughs> sometimes they don't know. And it's usually Russians. They don't know sometimes how to talk. And it's, right. it's okay. They're forced kind of being speaking Russian. So – and I came there. I was like, okay, I need, to, I need to talk with them. And I was talking with them. They were like super excited about it. I like actually was talking with them. So – I was sitting with them for the very first day for like an hour. Then I was like, then I went to my billets and my billets were great. I couldn't complain. Yeah. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Now you got to live with billets. you got to learn American culture. And how weird is that? Are there a lot of different cultures? Like, or is there culture shock as far as things that Americans do different in their houses, like at dinnertime or whatever? And who I don't even know who, like what kind of people you live with. And that's... That's different house to house, right? But was there a, a lot of different things for you? The food is, I would say, like a little bit more. I don't, the right word be the right word probably to use would be greasier. Unhealthy, yeah. More That's unhealthy, what I was thinking, yeah. yeah. So we have like a food standards in check. We have to follow yeah. every restaurant. So like, make for example, McDonald's. I, it's biggest example I always ever use McDonald's. Right. In Europe, it tastes like ten times better. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. It is so good. So, you know, every, every time I'm in another country, I'm like, oh, thank God there's a McDonald's. I'm going to go eat a McDonald's. And then I'm like, this doesn't taste right. It, is- it tastes very different. Like, yeah. I would say there's so much oil in the USA one. Yeah. Probably the best McDonald's, one of the best McDonald's is either Czech or Russia. Yeah. Because one time we were on tournament going to Russia and on the airport we had McDonald's. It was unreal. Like, it literally was like out of <laughs> restaurant. I'm not even joking. It was like out of the restaurant. So. Uh, all right. I, I, I never realized that's what was going on. But uh, I, I just read that McDonald's was pulling out of Russia. Yep, because yeah. of the, the Russian Ukraine, Ukraine war. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stores like Nike and other, other stuff is coming out of Russia. Or yeah. they are just renaming it so they are not branded as Nike. Oh, wow. Interesting. You so, see, I'm rocking my uh, oh yeah I my, saw. my Ukraine shirt today from Violent, uh, Violent Gentleman. I love this that. This is a guy that played uh, in the NHL. He played for the Kings. Uh, now he's the – he was a fighter um, and he was – Oh, anyway, he was a he was a legendary fighter, George Peros, and now he runs the health and safety for the NHL, which is funny. But he has yeah. this violent gentleman, keep fighting in hockey type deal, and uh, he's sent a ton of money to the Ukraine to try to help. Anyway, yeah. I just thought that was a cool thing that, and I got this shirt just to kind of I love that send my two dollars towards Ukraine. <laughs> um, all right, so you're learning, and you're learning that McDonald's isn't as good, and you say that we have different <laughs> food standards that we definitely do in the firehouse too. We were just talking about this. Um, you know, because we have to cook for each other, and we have some people like the younger guys coming in. I'm, I'm hitting 25 years on the fire department this year, and we have younger guys that are coming in, and they're healthy. And they and my when we came in, we were healthier than the generation before us because my generation didn't smoke. And when I first walked into the firehouse, it was like oh. baked down. There was smoke everywhere, so there was bad stuff on the TV. And uh, anyway, so we have the stand we were just talking about. We're like a lot of the people that are healthier. We say the older guys will make fun of them like, oh, look at you over there eating lettuce instead of meat instead of, you know, and look at you not having bacon. And I don't know. It's just funny how every generation has a different standard. Oh, yeah. So how do you go from the dub to the USHL? Is that your choice or just? No. So I was in WHL the whole year. And so I was at World Juniors in Czech. Great experience. I had Lukas Dostal. That is AHL star right now. Yeah. He's unreal goalie, unreal, yeah. unreal guy. Like I was so happy to be with him, part of the World Junior team. Even though it didn't work out as we wanted, we got out against Sweden in quarterfinals, and it just happened. And so I was there for the rest of the year, and then it was like March 
whatever it was, 14th, 13th. It was right before my Chris, uh, before my birthday, and COVID happened. Oh. So uh, I was kind of – so I had to fly back because COVID happened. Everything was getting closed down, shut down. So I had to fly back to Czech. Everything was shut down as well in Czech. It was probably even worse in Czech than here. Like you can – everything was closed. Like you couldn't buy anything. Like no. you were happy you could buy food and it was like it was rough. So I was in Czech throughout the summer. Uh, we, were, we were having literally like national team tournaments or – uh, games playing in Slovakia, and I remember because it happened in summer in August, and we were coming back from the from the games. We got home, and doctor texted us to our group chat, like, "Hey, uh, we have we have COVID. Like, we you guys need to get tested." Twenty eight out of twenty eight guys, twenty six got tested positive. Oh man! Only me and other goalie believe so. We got tested negative. Like, I didn't have COVID yet. Yeah. I'll need to knock on. You've never had it. Never had it. Okay. I've been through probably over two hundred tests, and yeah. I've never had it because then when World Juniors was in Edmonton, we took a test every single day, right? And I never got tested positive. So coming back to summer, so WHO wasn't starting. We were we were getting told, oh, it's starting in September. Oh, it's starting in October, and this, it's yeah. been getting postponed, postponed. And we're like, okay. So I started started my year in Czech playing second highest pro league for Benatke, already the team I played before I went to WHL. So I kind of knew the coaches, knew the players whatsoever. So I started there. I was kind of getting ready for World Juniors. Then I went to World Juniors and Edmonton. And after World Juniors, I came back to Czech, and they wanted to play other guy because he was supposed to get ready for World U18s. I was like, okay, I under- totally understand. You did the same thing for me. I understand you want to do it for him. So what is the what is the plan for me right now? So we we're kind of sitting on the on the rock right now, just practicing with whoever was there. So I was just sitting, usually, usually in my room. I was like, okay, what well, what is going to happen now? And it was like little Monday, two in the morning. I got a call from my agent. I was like, hey, there's a chance you could go in double in USHL if you'd want to. I was like, I just want to play. Like if it's yeah. USHL, NHL, whatever, I want to play. Just get me there. It was little Monday, two in the morning. Uh, and he was like, okay. Uh, you have your visa from Spokane. We'll just do some stuff around it. It'll be fine. Like you'll you'll be fine with that visa. I'll just tell them what whatsoever. Uh, and he was like, okay, but I need to get tested and stuff. And it was like Monday two in the morning. It's like halfway asleep, you know. Like he just called me, it woke yeah. me. I was like, it's Monday. Like it will not be anything until probably next week. It was Thursday that I flew over. <laughs> wow. Thursday six in the morning. I was on a plane to to Dubuque. Yeah. It happened so quickly. Like I had, I was moved in Liberace to where I played. I have all my stuff there late Monday, and I called my parents. Like as soon as I woke up in the morning, I was like, "Hey, you know, Alan just called me. I there is a chance, like slight chance, I might go to USHL." Like, okay, so what do we need to do? It's like, okay, we just need to get tested. Probably move me back to back home to get packed and stuff. I probably packed out like Wednesday in the morning to go home just to get tested and. We didn't expect Lloyd to hear anything for like another two to three days. Right, right. And he called me in the afternoon of Wednesday. He's like, so you get tested and everything? He's like, yeah, I got all my tests, but like, I'm, we're still waiting for your information. He's like, okay, you have a flight at six in the morning. <laughs> so, so shock for everybody. Shock yeah. for my family because okay, suddenly we have to pack. We need to organize all the stuff around it because it's not just for us to move somewhere. Like you have big luggage, you have a hockey, but you have all the stuff you have to take care of. Right. Uh, your insurance, like everything, you just have to take care of it. So flew in on Thursday at like 4 p.m. Co- head coach picked me up. Super nice guy, Oliver David. Super nice. He, I think, I believe he's coaching in uh, Europe, in Sw- Swiss right now. Yeah, I know Oliver uh, from back, in, from from a long time ago. Great guy, yeah. Yeah, really nice guy. So he picked me up at the airport. We were driving for like an hour or two because I flew, I believe, to Cedar Rapids. So an hour away from Dubuque. So we drive to Dubuque. He was like, oh, We'll just drop off the stuff at the arena and, you know, it was like, hey, you know, it's Thursday. I know we have a game tomorrow. I'm probably not playing. It's I just flew in, you know. It's like, <laughs> right. can, can I just do, go? I'll probably back up or some stuff, even though I'll be on a, on a, in a stance. Like, I want to go a little bit of workout, you know, just to get the flush out, just yeah. to flush it all out. Yeah. Like, okay, we can, we can, you can just go to gym because we had gym there. So I worked out for like an hour and a half. Literally just, literally I flew in, just got changed, worked out, got showered. Then he was like, okay, I'll just take you to your billets. Love those billets. Like, I'm in contact until now with Jody and Chad. Like, I love those people. Very cool. I'm literally in contact with them almost every week, just going back and forth with them. Love those people. They're taking care of me, like, making sure I'm all right. I'm always checking on them. It's super nice people. So it was Thursday night. 
Uh, I was I was I had teammate Zane Dempsey. He's at the college of Miami, I believe so. Right now, yeah. not hundred percent sure. <laughs> not gonna lie, I, these colleges are out of my perspective. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's understandable. So it was first day, and no one knew I was supposed to come out of the team. No one knew. No one knew I was coming there. Really? I'm not joking. I got in the locker room. Everybody was staring at me like, "Who's this oh, guy? Who am I?" Yeah. So I was, and I just, then walked like the coach is like, "Yeah, they don't know." Were there two other goalies in the room? There were two other goalies. Oh, I was the third one. Yeah. No one knew I was coming. Yeah. So I, you know, trying to introduce myself around the locker room. Don't remember any name. Oh. I usually am horrible with the name. I remember faces. <laughs> when it comes to names, it's horrible. Yeah. So I introduced myself around the locker room. Like everybody's like, like I'm out of the world. Like I'm, I'm an alien. That's what they're looking at me like. <laughs> Literally somebody just showed up there. Some European guy. Yeah. So I introduced myself around the locker room, went on a practice. And coach right before the morning skin is like, hey, you're playing tonight. No way. I was like, okay. And well, you got to figure, I mean, if they're jumping through so many hoops to get you. Uh, yeah, they, that, were, that the last team, they yeah. were the last team in the league I, when yeah. I got there. So they were the last team. So was, I kind of. Was Peter Menino there? Do you know who Peter Menino is? No. Okay. All right. I thought he was coaching there that year. No, no. We had, uh, I don't remember the names. I would, I would love to. Like, I remember faces. I yeah, really. That's why. So he could tell me, I'm playing tonight. I was like, okay. Uh, I knew I'm going to come there and play 90% of the games. Like, that was the plan for me because that's what my agent told me. It's like, usually agents tell you stuff, but, like, my agent actually usually holds on to his promise. Like, he tells me you're going to play playing most of the games. You're actually playing most of the games. Yeah. If, if you're playing good, of course. Like, you have to also hold up to your right, right. standards. So, play that. Uh, and we had a morning skate debut. Then we had to drive to Waterloo. It was, like, hour and a half drive, two hour drive. I honestly yeah, about, no yeah, about an hour and a half. So, we drove to Waterloo, play the game. We won... Two to one or three to one. It was a really good game. Like it was probably best season opening game I ever had. <laughs> it's good Actually timing. not. Yeah. I had the best one probably this year against Rapid. Oh, oh yeah. We'll yeah, yeah. Probably we'll probably get to it too. Yeah. So I play against Waterloo. I had like thirty six save, one goal out, and like the guys really didn't know me. Like you could tell on the eyes they didn't like they couldn't trust me because they do not they didn't know who I was and I was I because I thought I was coming there they were knowing who I was right coach the head coach got to know it like two days before I came there that I'm actually coming like it actually happened everything so quickly so I played the first game and coach was like okay we are, we are going to play Demoy tomorrow you're playing again so I arrived on Thursday night playing Friday playing Saturday again so we're playing Saturday game uh, we're winning 3-2 to two. Uh, and it's like 15 seconds left, and they have power play with called with goalie called off. So that was six on four. Yep. Like, okay, this will either go really good or really bad real quick. Because <laughs> yeah. usually when you get scoring like this, you usually lose in the overtime or shootout. Like usually lose. That's just the way it is, unfortunately, because usually your mentality just goes down right, for, the, lose for the whole team. Yep. It was seven seconds left. Shot from her left, cir- left up circle. Bounce off my chest. I covers it. I got slashed three times or my glove. And I lost it. I jumped the guy. I straight Whoa. up jumped the guy. Everybody just started rounding around us. I started fighting the guy, took him to the, took him down. Other guy was punching me from behind to the, to the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. I got up the guy, got kicked out of the game. And I got a little out of the game. And I'm walking to locker room. And the locker room, it's old stadium. It's kind of not as safe as it's supposed to be. Yeah. I'm walking to locker room. There's two old, older guys. Older guys. They could be my dad's probably at that right, point. Okay, yeah. And they're standing in front of my locker room. They're like, they were calling me like a bad words. Like, they were like calling me, and I'm a kid. Like, oh, I'm right, 19, yeah, okay. 20 years old, and they were wanting to fight me. They were ready to fight me. And I was like, at the moment, I was like, okay, let's just go. <laughs> Suddenly, just two police officers just came running from behind of me. They're like, okay, you guys out of here. So, like, they kind of said my, because like, yeah, right. two grown guys just about to fight me. Like, 19-year-old yeah. guy. It should have been allowed down there. And I was yeah, just yeah. in the heat of the moment, and I was like, okay, let's just go. So I go in the locker room. Guys, you know, fired up that I fought, that I fought somebody. Second day I was there. Yeah. The guys are super excited. Coach was like, then coach walked in the locker room. I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> you're probably going to get suspended. It's like, kind of expected. Did you throw your block? Were you punching with your blocker? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if I dropped my, I feel like I dropped my glove, but I'm not sure if I dropped my blocker. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You That's the one that the, usually gets you suspended is no, punch with your uh, blocker. So it's different for goalies. You get suspended either way. If you fight, it's oh, really? suspension okay. either way. As long as you fight, it's suspension. Okay. You don't even have to, if you don't drop your blocker, it's five game suspension usually, or yeah. three, three or five, one of those two. If you drop your gloves, it's usually just one game. Right. 
So I didn't drop. I don't. I don't remember. I just know that I threw him over, like kind of judo style, over my leg. It was a good, actually, move. <laughs> so I took him down, and was like, "Yeah, you're gonna get suspended." So next morning comes, coach calls me in, like, "Hey, you didn't get suspended." Like, okay, and and I, so I came back. I was like, "Hey, you know, like, I came here on Thursday night. I played Friday, Saturday, and because he wanted me to play again." Oh. And I, you know, play Friday, Saturday, late, not even adjusted. I was waking up every day at one, two in the morning because just oh, the yeah, time difference. Like, yeah. And I was like, hey, I got here on Thursday. Can I just, can you play the other goalie? Like, I'm super tired. And we had three goalies on a row. So, like, I didn't even have to dress up at the moment. Like, we had uh, Hobie Hedquist. I don't know, the other guy. And he's in a college in Ohio State right now because sometimes okay. he pops out at me on Instagram. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, I was like, okay, you know, I'm tired. And it's like, okay, well, I still want it on a bench. I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Like, it's, you know, I'm just going to be on a bench, just going to be chilling there. It was ten, not even 10 minutes in a game, we were losing 3 0. Oh, yeah. Coach. You're in. Yep. I was like, okay. Got in a game, uh, second period. I believe I got scoring right away. We were losing 4 0 because one, one of my guys pushed me away from a crease and they got scored like Jeez, a wide open net. Yeah. Uh, then second period came and Lafreniere actually guided us in. Oh, like, I, know, I remember yeah. him because it was Rangers, a really yeah. nice goal. No, it's Lafreniere, oh, but okay, I'm thinking right, right, Lafreniere, yeah, yeah. he's an LA Kings. Okay. I remember because it was a really nice goal, and he was coming out of the corner, spin on Rama, shoot it right above my shoulder, like really nice goal. like. And so we were losing 5-4. Then I, in the second period, I made two like game-saving stops. Like we were losing 5-4 anyway, but like I made two good saves. So like they, they made me feel a little bit better, even though I didn't start a game, so I kind of didn't lose the game, but it still made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. We still lost anyway in 5-4, to four, but I was like, okay. I know. At the moment, I knew I'm gonna be playing most of the games. Yeah. So USHL kind of story started out of like out of Monday two in the morning to me playing ninety percent of the game for the rest of the season. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Um. So let's jump forward a little bit. You you go from your you play in Dubuque and then you end up somewhere else in the USHL. Is that the next no. season? No, no, you just played in Dubuque. I just played in Dubuque. Okay. Then I went to the next year. I was in pro already. And that was Rapid City. Rapid City. So how does that come about? How do you end up in Rapid City? Because so, you're with the Kings. Rapid City's not with the Kings. Nope. They they never were. But LA Kings never had ECHL affiliate. Okay. They never had officially ECHL affiliate the last year. They have uh, it right now. Yeah, they do now. I guess they were just putting players. They were putting a couple players pl- here, a couple players there. No, they actually everybody was sent down to Greenville. Oh, right. Okay. But we already had two goalies there. Why? Why do? Why would you have three goalies for right. the affiliate that is not even yours? Yeah. So I was like, uh, so I was told at the before the season started. Yeah, you're gonna go. You're gonna start your season in CHL. Expected. We have two great goalies in AHL. We have you know you have Quickie and Peterson in NHL. Yeah. Surprising what happened with Cal. Yeah. I was, Just, was that yesterday or the day before they sent uh, him down? To two the days. Area. Two days ago. Yeah, he's in Ontario. And yesterday they sent him down. I was surprised. Like, after he just signed a three-year deal. Is this his first season of the yes. three-year deal? Yeah, three years, five mil average. Yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised when I saw uh, it. I, yeah, I bet he was a little surprised. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, I knew I'm gonna start in ECHL, but the whole plan was because that was Garrett Sparks and Medvielt in AHL. Yeah, okay. Garrett Sparks, interesting dude. Love, love that him, guy. He's so he, entertaining. He's interesting dude, and I love him from bottom of my heart. Like he's a very nice. guy. We had him on the show uh, our first season. Oh, and just talked about equipment, and he's just insane. Like, he's great. Like he is yeah, so he's so much fun. He's a great guy. But I he, love him. Insane is a good. Yeah, it's he's crazy. Yeah, but a lot of goalies are. Yeah, I would. You kind of have to be crazy to be a goalie. Mm-hmm, Otherwise, mm-hmm. you cannot be a goalie. Like mm-hmm. normal, who? What a normal person would stand in <laughs> net and be facing those shots. Yeah, right. So I knew I'm gonna end up in ECHL, and I, I fought to Greenville. But I was actually on a golf course with Garrett, and he was like. Most likely, you're not going to go in Greenville. They already have two goalies. So I was like, oh, I was told. It was like, no, you're probably going to go to play something like, he said two places, and one of them were Rapid City. <laughs> and I think I, there was the next day when I went to coach, they called me to coach's office, like, hey, you're, gonna be, you're going to be sent down to SHL. I was like, okay, you're going to Rapid City. And my first thought was like, Garrett, Garrett you are a dude. Yeah. Like, you are a dude. He's a student of the game. Like, man. you knows, know, yeah. like, he knows his stuff. So I literally, as soon as I walked out of the coach's office, like, guess where I'm being? He knew it. Like he, uh, it's like it was like he he was talking with the coaches before. Like it was unreal. Like I literally couldn't believe it. So I got sent down to Rapid, and they were affiliated with Arizona Coyotes. So they had uh, David Tendak. I played against him in WHL. He was uh, with Vancouver Giants. 
great dude. Like he's you cannot be Lily. Everyone who knows him will tell you you cannot be mad at him. He's like a puppy. <laughs> you cannot yeah. be mad at puppy. Like he's he's yeah. I you can't even describe. He's generally like a puppy. You cannot yeah. get mad at him. Like he's dude. just a yeah. great dude yeah. that will just go with the flow. Will never disturb anyone. Like he gets mad sometimes at his game, but. He is. He never got in conflict with anyone. No, yeah, good. So great, dude. And then we had, you know, older guys. I got to the camp. We had five goalies there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, five goalies. Uh, one guy signed an NHL deal. The other guys were not. But there was a uh, Cole Cole Kehler. Okay. And oh. he was on AHL deals yeah. years before. On an AHL deal in Manitoba the year before he went to Rapid. It's like, okay, there's no chance. I'm just. 21 year old 20 year old guy signed on AHL deal like there's no chance I'm making the team yeah so I was there went through the camp went through the through the games and stuff so, okay I actually made the team I was the first two guys it was me and Tandy who made the team first and then they were deciding who's going to be the third with us I believe it's Cole Kehler who started with us yeah or Levine I'm not sure right now one of those two guys started as the third goalie I wasn't even dressed up for the first two games of the season I had my LA Kings goalie coach and I was not dressed up for the first two games. I was in the stands. So I was like, okay, I need, I will need to work hard. Yeah. If I want to make the team, I'm not even dressed up for the first two games. I will need to work hard. And that's kind of where it clicks. It's like, okay, this is my team, and I'll do everything to be in the net every single game. And as the season started, they were just switching back and forth. We had three goalies. We usually were switched each after one game. They were also putting the NHL guy, NHL guy the most. Because right. he's an HLD. Is, yeah. is there AHLF? Is there ECHL affiliate? Like, they have to. It's kind of the yep, deal they usually that's how put. It goes. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be playing much, but if I if I work hard, I'll make, I'll be playing. And we had Scott Bird and Jeremy Gates, both great guys. I love Scott. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually in contact with him until now. He was one of the first people that uh, texted me after the accident just to make sure I'm all right because it was all over the league. Like, I got calls even from uh, Tulsa fans, Kansas City fans. I oh, got, yeah. Like text from everybody, so he's a great dude, and he was like, "Just work hard, and you'll see where you get." Yeah, I was like okay, and I really worked so hard on every practice. I was coming out of the practice sweat through, like you could see the sweat marks on my chest protector on my right. pants, like oh yeah, you could see like I was working hard, and suddenly it started changing. I started playing more and more. Even unfortunately, Tandy, uh, his name is Tandy, so our right, his right. nickname was Tandy. He it was just wasn't his season. Sometimes he played good, sometimes he played bad. There was just unlucky bounces. I remember some games in Tulsa. They have horrible boards, and it was a rim pucks, puck bounce right in front of a net. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, it just so I felt so bad sometimes for him. It's like it's not his fault, but as a goalie, it broke my heart just to see that. Oh yeah. So I started playing more and more, and at the end of the season, I actually became the starter. And I was like, it does. At the end, it doesn't matter in what position you show up in there, you can change the outcome. Like it's yeah, only up to yeah. you. It's only up to you. You can. It's the only thing you can control is you. Exactly. Right. Like you if, can have whoever you want in front of you, yeah. but if you work hard and you'll show them you deserve it, they'll give it to you. You just need to work hard for it. Yeah. And it, like you sometimes go home and like can barely walk because of how tired you are. You are literally just crawling out of the eyes because like you are so tired. It was hundred percent worth it. Yeah. And I would do it again and again. I love hearing that, man. I love hearing that. Um. And that was you guys had an amazing season, and, and the run you guys had towards the end, and then the, there were a couple crazy games between you and the Utah Grizzlies. A hundred percent. Yeah, and I mean, in the playoffs, there's always crazy games, but games where one team's completely getting blown out, and then and it happened both ways, right? And I think it, it happened. Did. So, were you in the net in Rapid City when it happened in Rapid City? I was. I was in all the. I was in the biggest blownouts against. Uh, Utah. So I have two biggest shutouts against Utah. Yeah. Both of the biggest shutouts I ever had. But also, we blown out the game when we played against emergency backup goalie and we lost. Oh, right. It was right after Christmas. And we had him on the show. Oh, did you? Yeah, we had him on the show, the so, Rapid City goal. Yeah. yeah. And so, then so Utah was, was trying to get me to go out there. And then I'm like, no, I can't. Yeah. I was on the, And then so they tried to get my son to go because we're both like, my son's. Pretty good goalie, and he actually was going to play in Dubuque. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he was going to play in Dubuque when. Um, anyway, but they're like, we we don't have anybody and because of COVID. We can't get anybody, and so they ended up using that guy. And you were in the other net. Yeah, I was in the other net because so I played all four games right after Christmas, and 
uh, somebody got her, somebody got called up from Utah. Yep. And they were trying to call everybody who they could. And two they, goalies got called up. And yeah, two goalies got called up. Uh, and then they saw they had to have emergency back. I was like, I believe it's the third game. Because on the fourth game, they saw Cole Kehler. It was the third game. And it was horrible. Like, we couldn't hit. Yeah. Like, we couldn't score. I swear to God. Like, that was probably our worst. Perf- like, as much as I love my guys in rapping and I love I loved those guys, we sucked that game. Like, we couldn't score for anything. Like, you, if you would give us a million dollars to score, we would not score. <laughs> like, we just could not score. Like, and I was just standing in the net. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, we were just getting blown out. Yeah, like, that's going to be tough from the other perspective. I was just standing in the other net. I was like, and then like I don't, I just got scored on bad goals. I believe in the fourth game, or some bad goals. We lost, we lost like six to four, and I actually yeah. made diving saves in the very last minute for just I don't know. And I was like, I was just standing, and I was like, there will be just one of those games that it doesn't matter. We'll lose. Just hockey God will stand yeah. by him, and they will yep. win. And yeah, it was. Uh, it was a very interesting game. It was something I'll also never forget. Yeah, I bet. Because, you know, the funny thing about that is I, uh, well, for one, I ended up backing, uh, you must have gotten pulled up at some point in that season because I ended up e-bugging for Rapid City that same when? season. I, it was just when they were here. So it was probably in January. Yeah, probably. I, I e-bugged a ton that year, and I'm good friends with Scott Burt from back in our Idaho Steelheads days. Oh, yeah. But, um, and Scott was Man, it was so much fun to see him come full circle and watch him coach and bringing out the boombox during practice and playing like Twisted Sister yep. and having a good time. But uh, a few years ago at, well, I guess it was like five years ago, and I'm in my mid-40s at the time, I get put in a game. I'm, I've been e-bugging for 25 years, and I get put in a game for Utah because our starting goalie took a, a shot to the face and needed stitches against Rapid City. And it went viral, it went I, national, and I was... I saw it on Google, oh, I, actually, yeah, okay. I actually saw it. I so, got a little, a little research of you. Oh, okay, so nice. I saw it, yeah. Nice, at least one of us does research. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but it was it was funny because it happened to be against Rapid City, and then it happened again against Rapid City, and Scott was like, I'm I'm looking for every opportunity to put you in for <laughs> Rapid City, because he's like, we got to break this. We, yeah. we got to break this curse. He's like, so oh, it yeah. was pretty funny, and I I never even thought about it from the other goalie perspective, but I, I know that there have been times when, uh, well, even just recently, I played in this big tournament, and I'm like, I know, even at my age, I'm way better than that goalie that's on the other end, and that's saying something because I have a very low bar for myself. And uh, I'm looking at that guy, and I'm like, we should light this guy up. But my guys are not getting any quality yeah, shots at yeah. all. Because what happens is the team plays unreal oh, in front of yeah. them, right? The, they the team has to play their best game in front of that that goalie that I've, is a funnel. They blocked so many shots. Like, they did, like gr- grade A shots, that's probably one or two. Like, they blocked everything. Like, anything they could, they put their face into it. Like, <laughs> it was unreal. Like, we had one of those games when we were at World Juniors playing against Russia the second year in Edmonton. And I, we had, we won two zero at shutout, third safe, third safe, uh, safe shutout, and we had twenty six or twenty seven blocked shots. Like the guys blocked. Like those are one of the games. Like you will block everything because you're just trying to help the goalie. So you're in. Net, I, I want to talk to you about that. You were in net for that one, and that was there was no fans, right? And was the, that was that? It was because it, it was right after Chris. Oh, you mean like oh in the World Juniors? The yeah. World Junior game. There was no one. It was empty arena. And you're, was having, one, you're having the, one of the best games of your life. One of the most important games of your career so far, and you just have to have your own energy because nobody's cheering. There was no one. Like, yeah, it was like also happened something to the game, and I will never forget that. I cannot say it on podcast because it's <laughs> it's really bad what happened when I was told by by somebody. And okay, it really. When I told it to my agent, he was oh, he was mad. Like he was really mad. Wow, the intrigue that you just laid down. Okay, and, um, all right, so we're we're running out of time. I, there's so much I still want to talk to you about. So we're, I think we're going to push a little bit longer than normal. But I wanted to talk to you about uh, you come to Utah, but let's just talk a little bit. And we I, I don't we can't I don't want you to say any names or get yourself in any trouble. But what is it like? Because each goalie coach that you deal with in the NHL has their own perception of what what style is and what works, and. It's hard to be a goalie and be like, this is what I've been doing. This is what's worked for me. These are my mechanics. I'm technically sound in the way that I perform. But now you want me to tweak. Not just, you don't want me to just tweak 
one little part. You want you want me to t- tweak how I butterfly, how I recover, where my gloves are. Like, is that how hard is that to do day to day? And do you do you find that because like with golf, if you're a decent golfer and then you run into a golf coach and he's like, hey, I'm gonna break everything down and make you better. Well, maybe he's maybe that'll work. Or maybe it will not work. Yeah. Maybe you're the new something else. Maybe yeah. if, because Jonathan Quick fought it, so many goalies, coaches were like, you can't do this. You can't RVH. What is this thing you're this RVH you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say if you if you have a new goalie coach, your biggest mindset is like, be open to it. Yeah. Like, you have to be open to what they're trying to say. Don't be, don't be, don't be bull and just go your way. My way is the highway. That's not the way. You have to be – they know what your style is. They know what they're coming into. They know what a person you are. So they they know how, how much they can work with you. So they'll – that's what I like about Bootsy, Peter Budai. He's not trying to change me. He's no. trying to shape me up. He's not trying to change me. And that was my biggest problem like before. Goalie coach started to change me. It, it's it's not a style you'll see every every day. Like I have different style than everybody. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not different like Jonathan Quick different, but I have my own style. So – Bootsy is just trying to shape me down just to clear up clear up my game. And that was my the biggest plus for me when I got to Colorado. Like yeah. that helped me a lot. Okay. So and that that's just one of the things I want to talk about. So then you end up in Utah, you have an amazing season like the season opener. Cause people are the Utah fans are uh short short memories like most fans, but they one thing they do know is that Trent Miner was unreal last year. And set a bunch of records, and then you come in, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I can I can tell." I, I said on this podcast, I'm like, "I know that the two goaltenders that we have going into this season, because everybody in Utah is like, we want to see Metcalf too." And I said, "Is Metcalf's good? He's going to have a hard time fighting into these uh, these spots. We've got three solid goaltenders coming in." And I was saying, Scott Burt, man, he was he's a hundred percent behind you. He's he's on your train. So yeah, you come in, you have an amazing first game. Everything's going well. You're the designated driver all the time, right? You're, yeah, you're the sober. Of, yeah. You you told us you don't drink, you don't smoke, you're clean. Yeah, I don't. I don't do anything. Yeah. And uh, so you're the designated driver. Where right. were you guys? We were in Kansas City. You're in Kansas City. Can you tell us a little bit about? I know you can't. I don't want you to disclose your injury. Oh, I. It's 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 already kind of heal, healing up, so it's okay. all, it's all right. I've been actually on the ice already. Oh, nice. Right. So, been, so will you kind of step us through what happened that night? So. Uh, I was at home. I I was at the I was at the hotel. Didn't felt a hundred percent. I had a headache because I got need to decide the head on Tuesday game. Of course. So yeah. I was like kind of probably having having concussion. So I was kind of trying to deal with that as well. And guys were drinking and we're like, hey, we want to go in downtown. Can you drive us? Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I have no problem with that. Probably like twenty minute drive. Like okay, we get like fifteen guys in a in a in a van, drive there, drop them off, and on the way back, just coming, you know. I am on the phone, having my phone in my lap, and talking. Look to the left, and I look back straight right in front of me, and suddenly there's a car, like heading right at my nose. And so my first thought was like, "Am I even on the right side?" My second thought was like, "If even though I am, I probably should move away." And my third thought was like, "Okay, no one in the car. Let's move to the left. If she still hits me, she hits my passenger side." So that was everything happened so quickly. My phone's yeah. luckily, and my reaction is like pretty on point from hockey. So everything happened a little split of a second. I turned to the left and honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I thought she already passed me. Like it ha- It was only half a second. That was the thought because it just happened so quickly. But I was like, okay, she's already gone. Like she passed me. Like I'm freaking out, but like she missed me. And so I'm like, bam, I got hit. I was like, okay. I just hold on the steering wheel and I just went to the ditch. Um, I couldn't find my phone. Like I was still on the phone. My phone was on speaker, so I could hear. Uh, I could hear my, my girlfriend's phone and uh, my phone. So she heard everything. Oh. She heard literally everything. So uh, I had her still on the phone, and I was like, "Okay, I need to get out of the car." I got hit that straight on. I, I need to make sure the other person is all right. I would say I ran out of the car, but with broken ribs, you kind of cannot run much, oh, yeah. and uh, kind of having bruising from seatbelt and stuff, so I got out of the car, went to the other car, there was already two guys trying to help her, the only thing I saw that she was passed down the steering wheel, and so I got back to my car, found my phone, and I sit on a, and I sit on a, it was like a little hill, because it was right next to Casey Royal Stadium, oh, Okay. so I sit on the hill, 
And I was like, hey, I need to call my coach because the car is rented on him. I need to call 911. Funniest thing, I don't want to put like, it was funny. I'm generally not even mad because at the moment it was just funny. I called Snatch. Okay. Like, hey, Snatch, I just crashed on the highway. I was like, can you drive the van back to hotel? <laughs> Not laughing out. I was like, uh. no, I can't. Uh, so then I get off the phone with him, trying to call 911. I was on a, on a waiting line. Uh, somebody already called. Right. That was like a hotel half a mile away. Like people came running from there because it apparently was loud. Yeah. So people came running from there. So they already called 911. So I'm just, just sitting on the side of the hill. I didn't even look on the other car. I didn't see the front. So I saw the front, and I'll show you. It is, uh, it is something for sure. Uh, so, so this is my van. It's not in such a bad condition. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, then if you look on the other car, you can see she hit me dead straight on. Wow. So she turned into me. So when I moved away from her, she probably turned to me or whatever happened. I have no clue. Yeah, so, so I, I just saw a picture of a. We talk about impingement in the fire. Like we, that the entire front end of that car is crushed in. It, yeah. So, uh, so I was just waiting outside the road for the for the for the cops and fire trucks and everybody just arrived. So just sitting on a, on the side of the road, and as much at the moment, it's not it's not appropriate to be saying that. It was so cool. So they had to saw her out of the car because yeah. all the car was jammed up. It was so cool to see it. So was, you, got to, you got to see an extrication. You got to see. It was unreal. I and like at the moment, like yeah. you're hurt, like you're in the pain. Like yeah. I was just seeing that. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. Like it was so cool to see that. And, like I felt like <laughs> so bad for your person because I don't know what is wrong with her. Like if she's alive or whatever at the moment was. Like right. she's she's all right. That's all I know that she's alive. They still didn't tell me anything. I still don't have police report back. I have nothing. But like it was so cool, cool to see it. So. Firefighter came to me. He was like, hey, we're going to take her to hospital. I was like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm just going to be sitting here. Just wait for the other ambulance. Then the other ambulance came. was like, hey, can you walk? Like, I was like crunched up to the side because there was like all the seat belts. Because as she hit me from right side, like all the seat belt marks, it was like yeah, it was bruised up. So it was like slowly, very slowly, probably solid like 10 meters took me like 10 minutes just to walk. Like it was so slow. Ugh. And so I walk in the ambulance and I called, and I called our 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 trainer's like, hey, you know, I just couldn't crash. Car crash, you probably already know. Snatch probably called you. Like, it hurts, but I really don't want to go in hospital. Like, I feel like it's pointless. And I, I got hit on a highway, like, death straight. I'm like, yeah. you, a lot of people will not say that. But I was like, I really don't want to go in hospital. He was like, it's your call. I was like, just in case something is broken, because my pelvis was really hurting of the seatbelt and stuff. So I was like, okay, let's just go in hospital just in case. So I got in hospital, went through all the tests. I didn't remember the ad, my address where I was living at. Like as bad as it is, <laughs> yeah. I did, could not remember my address. So four police officers, I gave four four reports back, de- tested for DUI, everything. I was cleared up. Like they're like, you have or zero 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 point zero zero. Like you are totally clear. Like you're fine. So I got tested for everything. Four police officers came to me asking for my address and all the information. Yeah. I had to Google it every single time. <laughs> not joking. <laughs> and like when the fourth or the third police officer came to me and asked me for it again, I was like. I swear to God, if someone else will come to me and ask for my address. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't remember it. Like, I could not. And we all do it. And sometimes, it's, one time, a lot of times we ask those questions. We'll be like, hey, do you know where you live? Do you know where you're at? We're just trying to see if you're alert and oriented. But a lot of times, everybody has their own paperwork to do, too. It's, yeah. ri- it's ridiculous that you get asked that many questions. And it's like, I know it's where I live. I just also, could not remember. It's also ridiculous that they asked you to walk to the ambulance. Because just off what I've seen with mechanism of injury is what that's called. You're in, that's... You're at a high risk for serious injury. Yeah. It's, so they should have taken a little bit a different approach for sure. So you go to the hospital, you get checked puzzled. out. They asked me if, if I could walk or yeah. if I want to walk. I was like, I can. Yeah, like, but you're not the medical professional. You're true. also, you know what I mean? You're, yeah. At some point, you know, hockey players. We are not. Uh, exactly. We are not exactly. some light dudes. We, are, we know what we are going for on the ice. If it was a soccer player, they would have been begging, <laughs> oh, begging, be- begging for a helicopter. Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway, you get to the hospital, you find out you're. You got some injuries. So yeah, I spent two days in hospital. I was uh, my assist, uh, piker was there with me. Yeah. So he brought me sometimes some food, some snacks. So I was cool with him. Nice. I got released after two days in hospital. I went to a hotel, and my some of the muscles were like stuck between the broken ribs and stuff. Oh yeah. And it was like horrible to walk because like literally everybody was looking at me like I was mentally disabled and because <laughs> right after hospital after we got house hospital i was like i want burger like i want burger so badly oh, yeah. so we went to a buffalo greasy burger oh we went to yeah. buffalo wild wings oh nice Ooh, so good yeah 
And I'm not joking. Like everybody was looking at me like I was mentally disabled. I like I don't doubt. Like I don't blame them. Like the way I was walking and the way I was like crouching is like okay, you can't kind of tell like something is wrong with me. But so I walked to the table, sat down, ate, then went to hotel. And as I was laying on the hotel, because the beds in hospital are super hard, so you kind of cannot fully relax. Oh right. And as soon as I got to hotel and I kind of I relaxed and my back got kind of relaxed a little bit. All the muscles got detached from the broken ribs. Oh. Oh, I finally could walk. It was such a great. I never was more grateful to be actually able to normally walk. Yeah. And then yeah, when when then I finally got back on the ice two days back. I genuinely stepped on the ice and I almost cried. Like yeah. it was, I was so grateful because it could have been much worse than it was. Like I got out of the car accident with the least I could probably get. So just to. She was a wrong way driver, right? So a, the person that hit you was on your side of the road. Correct. That was a, me- a she was a DUI, right? She was intoxicated. I have no clue. Oh, I, I still w- don't have police report back. So, I have no clue. All right, I shouldn't say that, but that, that was the information I was given, and I don't. I, it's probably wrong. I, it's, it I, could it could be right. That's, I didn't vet the source. I think the source was Coach Kanasovich, or could be maybe yeah. one of the news articles I read. Oh, I, yeah, it could be. I don't have police report back. The only the only article I saw it was just that was a wrong way driver, yeah. probably DUI, yeah. and that was the only article. Allegedly, yeah, that'll protect us. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, man. Well, I, we've been here a lot. Normally we go forty five minutes. I think we've been going for an hour, and I, I just uh, I don't even know. It's uh, it's you've got such a cool story, and and it's it's good to finally meet you. I've heard a lot about you, and it's weird that. That, that's the weird thing about being an e-bug is I don't usually get to meet the other the good goalie <laughs> or the starting goalie, right? They're usually up in the A when I get yeah. get, get to go e-bug. So, uh, man, I know Rapid City thought the world of you, and we're glad to have you here in Utah, and hopefully this is going to be an unreal year and hopefully, get you yeah. back in the mix, man, get you back fighting. And So you're under you're under contract with Colorado. Colorado Eagles. With the Eagles. So with the you got an HL deal. Yeah. I'm I'm happy. I'm fighting for my initial deal this year. Yeah, I was fighting for it last year didn't work out at LA Kings. So, fighting for one this year. Yeah, and how old are you? I'm 21 years old. You're 21. So it's six four. Six four two oh five right now. Six four two. I was a big boy last year. I was two. I was two thirty last year. I was a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> I had to lose it. Like LA Kings were complaining about it. I was like two. I got to camp two thirty. I was talking with. Condition coaches, and I got to camp two thirty. I was like, we don't want you two thirty. Yeah. Even Todd, their head coach, came to me. He was like. What are you thinking coming in a can with two thirty? I was like, like I like talk with everybody about it. Like they were fine. Yeah. Suddenly now it's a problem. So yeah, you just found out about American greasy food. Of course you'll be two thirty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, man, uh, we're excited to have you, and I'm super glad you came on the show today. And hopefully, this answers a lot of questions for the fans that are out there. And I know we'll post this, and I know a bunch of Rapid City people, and probably even people. Um, all your billets will be wanting to listen to it, and Probably, yeah. this is a good way to catch up on you and see how everything's going. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, we're excited about it. Uh, Utah Grizzlies are on the road this week, and then they're back home next week. You guys barely had any home games. Oh, we are still on the road next week. Oh, okay. So, but are, uh, yeah, yeah, you're back on the 17th and 18th. Yeah, we're in like Jackson, Jackson, Iceman, Jackson, yeah. Jacksonville, Iceman, Jacksonville. And it's like you guys barely had any home games the first. We, yeah, we didn't yeah. have much. So that means the next half of the season, there's going to be a ton of home games, and we, we'll get to see you play. Man, goalies are. I used to be a tall goalie, and now I'm. I walk, and it's not just because I got older and shorter, which that definitely did happen. But you guys are also tall now. It's awesome. We didn't even get to talk about gear, which is another thing our fans love to hear. Uh, real quick, what do you wear? I wear Bauer. At the moment, I wear Bauer. I was signed with them last year. Oh. I'm signed with them this year, so I'm kind of open to yeah. anybody. But I love. So Bauer. you want to switch to Brian's? Is what I'm here. <laughs> nope. <Okay>. No. <laughs> no. Right. Uh, if I would switch, it could be probably to Juan. Yeah, it's Vaughn? the same thing. It's the same manufacturer now. Is it? Yeah, I'm not. Oh. I, not everybody knows that Vaughn and wow. Brian's are out of the same. Almost, wow. out of the same, almost everything's made the same now. Wow. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm just a big Brian's guy. We just kind of oh, okay. That, right? <laughs> so anyway, all right, man, Lucas, thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, we'll be back next week with more more crazy stories from Utah hockey, and that is the Utah Puck Report. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. 
it was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.